This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Welcome back to Education Matters, and welcome back to the conversation about the important issues facing our public schools, educators, and students in Ohio. I'm Katie Olmsted, part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association, which represents more than 120,000 K-12 teachers, education support professionals, and higher ed faculty members in the state. Not surprisingly, many of those members are on social media, and some of them are using those platforms for some real talk on the state of their world right now. Just take a listen to what Katie Peters recently posted on TikTok. Today, I taught for six periods, and I subbed on my planning. I helped a young man find safe housing. I found a winter coat for a girl who didn't have one. I located a a student's missing backpack and arranged for a replacement Chromebook for that student. I gave a student a little bit of cash for a haircut and made sure another student had enough food to last them through the weekend. I listened to a lengthy story about a puppy. I sat with a young girl who was dealing with cramps and helped support one of my male students dealing with his first heartbreak. I walked a new student to her next class so she didn't feel alone. I saved an art project with super glue, and I wrote a card to a student who was struggling. After that, school was over, I ran to a meeting, I then tutored a student and rushed back to my classroom to write a letter of recommendation for college for a student who asked me for it today and the deadline is tomorrow. I came home after that and spent four hours lesson planning, fun, inviting, exciting lesson plans that could, at the drop of a hat, need to go virtual without any warning. I don't want a single accolade. No teacher I know wants a pat on the back or gratitude. What they do need is grace. I want you to know in your child's school, 30 to 50 teachers and support staff did that today, and we'll do it again tomorrow. It's what we signed up for, it's what we love, it's what makes us fulfilled. It's also why we're tired. I read online on a community forum the other day in regards to my district going back in person, oh, it's nice the teachers have decided to work again. And I felt something inside me shatter. I would encourage you to recognize that even if you believe that teachers and education staff are not working the hardest that they've ever worked in the last two years, that nobody in the history of ever has been motivated by ugly. Loving kids is the purest form of beauty that exists, and it's always going to beat your ugly. That is a two-minute message that packs a lot of punch, and it's gotten a ton of traction and engagement from around the country. At last check, that video had 325,000 likes, 17,000 comments, and it was shared 39,000 times. So we sat down with Peters, a 10th and 12th grade English teacher in Washington local schools in Toledo, to talk about it. Katie, I'm so excited to sit down with you today because there's a lot to unpack in that TikTok video you posted. What are your big messages there? Well, I I think the biggest message is just that we have a confusion of clarity when it comes to the intentions of our community support when it in the light of uh, education. I think that there's there's a blanket frustration in everyone right now. And the frustration that we are seeing targeting teachers 
is somewhat a little bit misguided and it's misdirected and it's okay to be frustrated, but I think the clarity of our intentions need to be clear. We're frustrated with our situation, but we also can still appreciate the people who are working really hard in our school systems to make things happen. And you are, as you pointed out, working harder than you ever have. I think it was really illuminating to hear just a a small list of the the tasks you tackled on any given day. Uh, One of the big ones, of course, was that you were teaching on your planning period. There is, I'm sure in your district as well as everywhere else, a lack of substitute teachers right now. And then you're attending to all of these different needs of students that are so far outside of the general academic needs of their students. Do you think parents realize what you're doing day to day? No. And and the truth is, I don't think any one of us knows day to day what anyone does in their job, right? If you're not directly involved in that that system, you aren't going to know. And and that's okay. I I wasn't posting my video for, as I said, not for accolades or any sort of pat on the back. These are things that teachers face every single day, every day in classrooms across America. There are student needs that need to be met and teachers are filling in those gaps. So that, that, that goes without saying. And, and yes, I was trying to kind of shine a little bit of light on that. But my purpose there is just that we have to recognize that our educational system is kind of like a machine. And um, the community is a really important cog in that machine. And so when, when the community is, is creating sort of a backlash towards the education system, towards teachers, other systems in the machine then falter. Teachers enter classroom spaces not prepared mentally or feeling defeated by what they're reading online. And that, that leads to a lack of student engagement because they aren't able to be present mentally in the, the capacity they need to be. And whenever we have a lack of student engagement, we know academics suffer. So that one little community piece that seems so, you know, you're just writing a comment online with your frustration, it actually has this ripple effect in the whole machine of education that's detrimental. It's actually devastating to our mission. And so I just, I sort of wanted to highlight how sacred it is to hold space for our educators and to protect that space because that classroom environment is so important. And as you said, no one in the history of ever has been motivated by ugly. Absolutely not. What kind of ugly are you seeing? I know it's painful when we, when we have to, you know, dig into these comments, the specifics of them, but I think it's important that we shine a light on them. So people see that this is a very real problem our educators are dealing with. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this is not a novel thing just for me. I know that teachers everywhere are probably listening to this or watching my video and saying, yes, I've seen those community forums. There are parents, there are people who don't even have children in the school system saying things like that teachers are lazy, that they've had the last two years off, that virtual learning isn't real learning, and that they're they're at home being comfortable, and that they don't want to go back to work, when the reality is that the fear of COVID is very real, and the dangers uh, that exist from this pandemic are very real, especially to people who are compromised. So it's not a case of not wanting to be there. Teachers and educators and support staff, our bus drivers, our cafeteria workers, our custodians, our administration, we aren't here because we don't want to be. We, are, we want to be in the classroom. We want to be in our buildings. Um, and to say someone is lazy is, is such, a, it's such a gut punch for the level of difficulty that, that we faced the last few years. What have the last few years looked like for your school? Well, 
as, as in many schools, uh, we have been in person, we have been virtual, we've done a combination, we've gone back and forth, we have had to adjust and readjust our sales. And I'm very lucky that my, my personal district has done a really good job trying to provide for our mental health. They have really tried to make things as seamless as possible. But again, we're living in such a weird time that it seamless is just not possible. There are, there's going to be friction. There's going to be things that don't go perfectly and people's schedules are going to be disrupted and children's academic learning has, is, has been, you know, affected. We know that, but there are certain things in our control and certain things out of our control. And it, it just doesn't seem fair to, um, to penalize or, or bad mouth and admonish educators right now for things that are out of our control. I want to take a quick side trip. Uh, you mentioned the mental health and our listeners, unfortunately, it being an audio only podcast, can't see our Zoom conversation right now. In the back, which makes me so happy, I see a, a very sleepy dog just hanging out. Who is that? Well, just to clarify, I'm not at home. I'm in my classroom. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, because a lot of people probably have a sleepy dog behind them at home. But um, an excellent we, point. We're very, very fortunate um, because our district as part of that mental health, they support the use of therapy dogs in our building. We actually have four currently in our build, in our district, one being at my high school where I teach Whitmer High School. Um, and her name is Ember and she is lovely and the students adore her. She wanders the halls. She gives love to staff and students and she is a, a great support. And our, two of our elementary schools also have dogs and our central office staff also has um, a dog that they bring to all the buildings. So we are a firm believer in the power of therapeutic animal love. And I have to say, when we were virtual, every time we have had to shift to virtual, I don't know that the regular community outside of education knows how detrimental and devastating that is to us because the energy in our room, that reciprocal energy that happens when you're teaching is gone. There is no, there, there are no students and they're the best part of our gig. So um, Amber ended up being an unexpected blessing to our staff. And she really was purchased and, and brought in and trained for the purpose of our students. And yet she would go classroom to classroom, teachers and custodians and all of our support staff would come in to see her and just lay on the floor and love her. And she, she provided such a filler for us in the absence of loving our kids when they weren't here. And of course, when kids are here, they adore her and she does that for them as well. And it's important to note that when you say in the absence of loving our kids, you don't stop loving your kids, whether they're in person, whether you're virtual as an educator. And I especially see it in your videos. You are, they are front and center in your heart, in your mind all the time, all the time, all the time. It's a, this is an emotional laborious job <laughs> because, and I say that with love, it is, you go home on weekends and think about kids and how they are. And when I say the absence, absence of loving them, it actually was this helpless feeling because we were loving them from a distance and not knowing, are they okay? Um, are they, are they having their needs met? Not all of our students have access to three meals a day. So we knew we were providing two of those each day to those students. So that absence of their physical presence meant that we weren't sure they were feeling our love. And that, that in itself is such a burden to carry because we absolutely adore them. And we want to make sure they are well. It's two sides of the same coin, though. The virtual learning had you at a physical distance where you felt that separation. The same token, though, the, the technology you have right now really is bringing 
people into the tent who have not really had that access to you before. I want to talk about your use of social media. Um, Your TikTok video was forwarded to me. uh, Really, I'm I'm a TikTok non-native. I am just now dipping my toes into those waters. I have a lot to learn. But why? Why are you on TikTok and social media? What are you trying to, to, who are you trying to reach and how? Well, my ultimate intention always is to reach kids, always. Students are my number one priority. They always have been. And I have always been a firm believer that you have to meet them where they are. So years ago, when they were on MySpace, I joined MySpace. When they started doing Twitter, I made a Twitter. So, and it wasn't, it's not to stalk them, to follow them, but it's to have that connection with them and to have that, that, that ability to see what they're into, what they like, what their interests are, what's relevant to them. So when TikTok became a thing, I started it primarily to connect with my students. They were learning dances and talking about certain things that they had seen on TikTok. And I wanted to make sure that I remained a part of their lives in that way. So me doing a silly dance for them on TikTok, they would come in and talk about it. They would open up, they would laugh with me. And those connections, that rapport is so important to the academic piece that I'm trying to to convey to them in the classroom. They are going to be so much more apt to Um, engage with me if there is that connection there. And I know that's nothing educators don't already know. So the fact that my video went to other educators and to the community is, is great. It's a byproduct of that. But really my message was, I'm trying to shape young people into adults that we all respect and admire. And I want them to know when you go on social media, you hurt people's feelings. People are human behind those words and those keyboards. And so I really was intending for them to see it. Hey, I know you're seeing these things about teachers online, but just so you know, we are loving you so hard throughout our day. And that was my, my intentional purpose. And, and to be completely honest, that worked. The kids got it. They understand it. They, they appreciated it. The, again, the beauty of the byproduct is that maybe some of those people online who aren't so kind are starting to step back and reassess from seeing it and that maybe they need to, to reevaluate their words. What has the reaction been online? I know you said it's very powerful with your students. You, clearly it's worked, but you, there's a lot of strangers who also see this. Yeah, absolutely. And there have been overwhelmingly, the support has been the best part. And I don't just mean for me. I mean, anyone who watches that video clicks on it and then goes to the comments is seeing comment after comment of support, of love, of building. And they're not all teachers. There's lots of people saying, oh my goodness, my kids' teachers have been absolute saints through this pandemic. My kids' teacher has single-handedly helped him stay on top of math. I mean, there are parents just coming out of the woodwork now saying, listen, we're going to love you louder. We're going to love you louder because you need it. And so those have been, by and large, the absolute best part for for me to feel that other educators are seeing those comments and they're understanding, look, we do have supporters. I think in any social media platform, it's really easy and cowardly to be able to say whatever you want and just, you know, walk away from your keyboard. But we've got to love out loud. We got to do that for each other always. But in education, especially because this job is taxing. It is emotional. When you're finding a jacket for a kid, when you are helping a student, you know, try to get, be the first in their, in their family to go to college or graduate high school, there's no bigger honor than that. We cannot deplete those people. We need those people because those people are guiding young people to becoming productive citizens. And that's what, that's the world we want to live in. And that world includes TikTok. It includes 
Facebook. It includes like, I guess young people really aren't on Facebook anymore. What, (laughs) what would be your message to other educators about how to get into that space and, and what they should be doing with that? Well, far be it for me to tell any educator <laughs> what methods work for them, because I, there are certainly tons of teachers out there who aren't on TikTok and absolutely connect with their kids. It's certainly not the only way. It works for me, especially as a high school teacher, because as I said, I try to meet them where they are and that is where they are. But there are plenty of other ways. And they're as simple as saying things like, how was your dentist appointment? Did you pass your driver's test? I heard you got a new puppy. What kind of puppy did you get? And you can do that in in K-12. I mean, all the way through college, probably. Those connections just matter. And however you have to make them, I just think the intentionality of making them is the important part. How you do it, Kids just want you to be authentic. I would certainly never want a teacher who is uncomfortable on TikTok to have their lives broadcast when they aren't comfortable with it. I am, I am not a shy individual. I don't mind people laughing at me. I'm sure that they do, um, but it opens the door to that conversation. And that's really what we're trying to do in the classroom every day. So forward-looking, where do you see your TikTok going and, and where do you see your students going with this? I mean, I'm going to continue to use the platforms they they utilize in order to connect with them. Um, just yesterday, I had some students talking about a TV show I had never seen. So I went home, I did a little research. What is this TV show about? What Who are these characters they're talking about? Um, and if TikTok is working for me to connect with them, I'm going to continue to do that. I think there's a responsible way to use social media. And I think that, um, that used effectively you are able to continue the lessons that you teach in the classroom through those social media platforms. So if I'm in my classroom preaching about kindness and compassion and empathy, and they click on my TikTok and I'm doing a TikTok video about loving teachers, they're getting an extension of that from the TikTok from my classroom. And so that's how I intend to continue it. I just encourage all educators to connect. Connection changes people. Connection is what will unify our world. And we have to find those similarities. We don't all have to agree, but you can connect in ways about similar emotions, about similar experiences that at least gives you a broad understanding of where someone's coming from. Katie Peters, thank you so much. Such a great conversation. and, And it's awesome to hear what you're doing for your students, with your students, and really just for everyone who can see those videos and grow from them. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You can follow Katie Peters on TikTok for her latest videos. She's at KP in Toledo. And you can connect with OEA anytime on social media. We're at Ohio EA on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or you can reach me by email at educationmatters at ohea.org. Send me your feedback on the podcast and any ideas you have for future episodes. New Education Matters episodes are published every Thursday morning. Make sure you like or subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a thing. Until next time, stay well. Stay well.